In Matthew chapter 20, now I only have 20 minutes to do this, so that's, <laughs> forget the story, just get into it, okay? That's what everybody tells us. We don't remember anything you preach, we just like your stories. In Matthew chapter 20, happens to be in verse 20, it says, then the mother of James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to Jesus with her sons, and she knelt respectfully to ask a favor. What is your request, Jesus asked. Now, uh, it, it has always seemed very ironic to me that this is uh, Matthew 20, 20, because what she asks is, hey, can, can one of my sons sit on your, your right side and one of my sons sit on your left side when you come into your kingdom? What she was doing was trying to make a place for her kids. And uh, like I said, ironically that this is verse 2020 because that's kind of the way the world sees things, right? We talk about 2020 vision. You gotta make a place for yourself. You gotta, you gotta make this happen. You gotta push this through. And um, you know, Jesus told them, you really don't know what you're asking. But the big part is that what they had asked brought so much love and joy to the rest of the disciples, right? In verse, uh, in verse 24, it says, when the 10 other disciples heard what James and John had asked, they were indignant. Indignant. Why were they indignant? Probably because they didn't think of it first, right? I also... <laughs> You stop and you think, why did their mom have to go ask? Doesn't that seem a little bit odd? You know, if, if I, I believe that the chosen has, has done a great job showing the disciples, but if you watch some of the old movies, you know, all of Jesus' disciples were like guys in their 40s, right? I, I believe these guys were probably young, maybe even teenagers. That's why mom has to go ask. You know, they go home and Jesus, and I'm sorry, and the mom is saying, hey, boys, did you ask Jesus what I told you to ask him? And they're like, no, mom, no. If you, if you want to know, you go ask him, mom, you go ask him. So she did. And the, the rest of the disciples were indignant. And in verse 25, it says, but Jesus called them together and said, remember, this is the way the world thinks. You've got, you've got to make a place for yourself. You got to do this. You got to you push your way in there. You know, it's all about the bold and the strong, right? But Jesus put an end to that so fast, so fast. But Jesus called them together and said, you know that the rulers in this world lord it over their people and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you, it will be different. But not among you. It will be different. Whoever wants to be leader, whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must become your slave. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life a ransom for many." Now, I could, have, I could have asked the question before I read the scripture, how many of you want to be more like Jesus? And everybody well, you just waves their hand, I want to be like Jesus, I want to be like Jesus, right? Well, Jesus said that he didn't even come to be served. So if you want to be like Jesus, we've got to be more like servants. You really want to be like Jesus? We're going to be servants. We've got our, you know, our ticket to heaven, you can say. 
If you're in a relationship with Jesus Christ, you've come into that place. Our eternal security may be taken care of, but down here on the earth, God needs to use us on a daily basis. So I'm going to talk about serving this morning because we're honoring our serving teams today. Yay. But I'm not just talking about serving in the church. Do we want you to serve in the church? Absolutely, we want you to serve in the church. But every morning that we wake up as children of God, we are called to be servants. Do we wake up with the attitude, Lord, who can I serve today? Now, there's nothing wrong with waking up with, with saying, Jesus, I need more of you. Jesus, I need more of you. Jesus, I need more of you. But sometimes I think we're so saturated with Jesus Could we really take more of him without giving some out? So we wake up with the heart and the attitude, who can I serve? Jesus, I want to walk with you today. Well, where, where did Jesus walk? He walked where the people were. He served the people on a daily basis. So if we're going to be more like Jesus, we're going to have to have the heart to serve. So I want to talk about just real quickly here, three attitudes that we have about Serving, serving in the church and just serving people all the way around. First attitude, the cowboy. The cowboy has the attitude that I don't need nobody, don't nobody need me. The cowboy has the attitude that I can get whatever I need, I can just get it. I can just get it. The cowboy has the attitude that it's just me and God. I can get everything I need. Well, guess what? Guess what? The Lord set it up that we need people. The Lord set it up that we need each other. The Lord set it up that we need each other. We cannot be some maverick out there. I'm, I'm a cowboy. I'm going to ride into town. I'm going to take care of business. I'm going to ride out of town. If I show up to serve, you ought to be lucky because I'm a quick draw. You, you, you ought to be happy that I even showed up. I'm a prophet of God. I can prophesy over people. Well, you know what? God spoke through a donkey one time. So, speaking for God, right? He's talking to an, an idiot with a kid's cowboy hat on right now. Do we come to serve or do we come to be seen? Do I have an attitude, don't talk to me, don't touch me? If I say something, you better listen. That's how I serve. It's how we serve people outside too. In the church, outside the church. I'm just a cowboy. I'm just a maverick. I don't need you. We see this heart in Samson. Samson didn't do anything for anybody except himself. Did the Lord use him in some ways? Absolutely. The Bible says that the, that the Spirit of the Lord would rush on him. But everything Samson did was based out of selfishness. That's a cowboy. The Bible says he stayed stayed in a city too long with, with a woman of ill repute. We'll say that. 
They closed the gates on him. What did he do? He used the anointing to rip the gates off the city. Save himself. Hanging out with Delilah, it was all about him. It was all about him. It was all about him. That's the heart of the cowboy. Not serving the people, serving himself. Samson, his his cowboy attitude led him to a place of sin. Actually led him to a place of slavery. And he lost his eyes. He lost his vision. When we aren't focused on serving others, we will lose our vision for what God really wants to do. The vision, part of the vision of this house is to be quick to serve. Part of our core values is to be quick to serve. And even in the end, it wasn't about others, it was about Samson. In Judges 16, 28, it says, Oh Lord, please remember me and please strengthen me just this one time. Why? That I may be avenged. That's the heart of the cowboy. It's about me. It's about me. When we don't serve others, we will lose sight of the real purpose. And the real purpose is to Love God by serving people. Remember that little book of James? It says you talk about your faith all the time, and let me see it. Faith without works is dead. Faith without works is dead. Don't just look at somebody and say, I'm so sorry you're going through this. Be warm, be filled. Do something about it. Serve people. Why? Because it's not all about you. And it's not all about me. All right, the second attitude is the king. I'm here to be served. I'm not here to serve. And if I do serve, it's going to have to be in a way where I'm seen, where everybody recognizes my majesty. Because I'm showing up, and I'm very, very important. Whether I'm showing up at church or I'm showing up at work or wherever I'm showing up, I'm the king, and I have this attitude about people are meant to bless me. I do very little blessing of them. It's my needs, my wants, my issues are more important than anyone else's, obviously. If I can't be on the worship team, if I can't sing, I'm not working in kids' church. What's wrong with you? Don't you know who I am? Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, had the same attitude. He wouldn't let the Hebrews leave because if he did, who would serve him? Who would serve him? In Exodus 5.4, this is Pharaoh saying to Moses and Aaron, why are you disturbing the people from their tasks? Why are you distracting my people that are taking care of me? Why are you trying to get these people free when they should be serving me? Get back to work. Get back to work. And you know what? Everybody suffered in Egypt because the king refused to do what was right for others. It wasn't just Pharaoh's household that had frogs. 
It wasn't just Pharaoh's household that had locusts and hail and the other plagues, and it wasn't just Pharaoh's house that suffered the death of the firstborn. See, when the king comes in and he's saying, everybody serve me, guess what? Everybody else actually suffers. Because there may be something inside of that person, but they need to be free enough. They need to come into a place where their relationship with God is alive enough that you understand it's not just about me. Do we all need something at times? Do I need to come? Oh, there's just times I need to come and I just want to worship. Well, I need it. I need it. There's times when I need to hear the word. There's times when, when I, I need a prophetic voice to, to speak into my life to, to encourage me. Absolutely. But when I wake up in the morning, it's about who can I serve. It's not about serve me. Right? Here's the last one. Do you notice that the first two didn't fit? They weren't meant to fit. You know what fits? Worker's helmet, a hard hat. Why? Because this is what we were meant to do. You know how you spell ministry? Other Bible schools person? W O R K. You spell ministry, W-O-R-K. We come to work. We work in the kingdom. We work for God. Yes, we all want a deeper, more real, and an alive relationship with Jesus. We were talking about that in the throne room, walking more and more in his presence. But it's not just for me. It's not just for me. It's so I can be more effective in the kingdom. So we can do the work of the kingdom together. When you're wearing the hard hat, you're here to do whatever needs to be done. Whatever needs to be done. It doesn't matter. And when Lisa and I first came to the church... After a while, after we started getting healed up from some of our stuff, and the Lord started saying, you need, you need to serve in the church. You need to serve in the church. Yes, sir. So I went to Pastor Sam, and I said, we want to serve in the church. What do you need? He knew I'd been a pastor before. He knew I'd been a youth pastor before. I'd done all kinds of things before. So do you think he said, I will anoint thee. No, what he did was hand me a toilet brush. That we really need somebody to clean. Do you know who I am? I'm the king, or I'm the cowboy. No, we cleaned. We cleaned. Why? Because that's what, that's what was needed at the time. A worker doesn't come and, and, and say... You know, I'm only going to do this if I can be seen or if I can be heard. You do what needs to be done for the kingdom. And we cleaned the church for a while. There was never one time, never one time did somebody come and say, wow, that bathroom is sparkling. Thank you. If you were at the old church, you know those bathrooms wouldn't sparkle anyway, so... 
But it's all about doing whatever it takes. And it takes faith. It takes faith to serve others. Especially when you may not be seen. Rarely thanked. And no earthly pay. I want you to think about this, parents, when you go pick up your kids from, from uh, children's ministry. I'm not trying. When's the last time you thanked that, that, that nursery worker? Because they give of their time. You want to thank the person that cleans the church here now? She's sitting right over here. And you know who our biblical model of this is, of course, is Jesus. Jesus could have demanded to be served as he was the king. He was the only king. He was the king of kings. But instead, he came to be a servant of all. Philippians 2, verse 3 says, Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourself. We all fall short of that from time to time. It's one thing to minister to somebody who's, who's really receiving from you. But what about when they push you away? Do we still continue to think of others better than ourselves? When God says, go back to them, go back to them, go back to them. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. What's best for somebody else? What's best for somebody else? Not necessarily what's best for me. I know there has to be boundaries and things like that. <laughs> but what's best for somebody else? When your phone rings and it's that person. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, this is going to be a two-hour conversation, isn't it? And you just want to act like, no, my phone, my phone was on silent. Or, it was in the back. I didn't know it was ringing. But the Lord says, if you don't minister to him, who will? If you don't go visit the widows and the orphans, who will? If you don't say hi to that person who comes in church that sits by themselves that looks really lonely, even though they may, they may have their guards up, don't talk to me. Don't talk to me. Do it anyway. Because you know what? I was that person at one time. Sat on the very back row, didn't want anybody to talk to me. Slipped in just as we were starting, slipped out just as we were done. And I remember people chasing me down going, hey, 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 how you doing? I don't want to talk to you. Listen to this. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position 
of a slave. A slave doesn't get to say no. The Lord's been dealing with, with me recently. You know, I, had, I, I lived in this place of bondage and rejection for so long. And then the Lord really, I mean, and I'm talking about really gave me a revelation of being a son. Not just saying it, but really understanding it and living it and pressing in to my relationship with the Lord. And now he's saying, okay, you're a son. But will you also be a servant? Have you been captured by me is how he said Have you been captured by me? See, Paul said, uh, I, Paul, the prisoner of the Lord. That so grabbed my heart. He said, have you been captured by me? Because when I'm a prisoner of the Lord, that's still freedom. I'm not talking about uh, being being a uh, prisoner to, to things of the world. I'm talking about being absolutely captured by God. When you're in that place... You don't get to say no when somebody needs to be served. We do it because we have to. We are the hands and feet and mouth and eyes and nose and ears of Jesus when we're serving. And Jesus served everybody. If we want to be like Jesus, we need to be servants. And this morning, it's about being thankful for those who week in and week out make ministry possible here at NCC. But just as we're finishing, I want to recognize a few people. The first one is R.J. Bry. He's sick this morning, couldn't be here. R.J. Bride does so much here in this church. So much. The next one's name is Eric L.S.U. Wolbrook. <laughs> Sits back there in that booth week in and week out. Now, here's a really cool thing. Eric does ministry every day of the week. Eric led almost 100 people to the Lord this year. Yet on Sunday mornings, he sits back there in that booth and makes sure that we're able to do what God has called us to do. Then there's this knucklehead on the guitar behind me, Chase Hubner. The band and the tech, they show up before 7 a.m. on Sundays. And they're here till about 1 o'clock. That's a long day. On your day off. So I want to thank them, the whole band, the whole tech crew. Matt Draffin. Ushers, greeters, and baristas, that has been who uh, Matt has been leading for a while, but there's so much more in this man's heart. So much more. 
And God's getting ready to promote him to even deeper places of service. There's our, our, our kids' teams, Haley Crouch, Marcy Powell, <laughs> Melissa Miller. Rick Powell leads our, our shepherds. Some of our shepherds are in here in the shepherds' team. So. Corey Hooper leads the throne room service. He and I were... T- he and I were talking about it the other day. He's only missed three Sundays this whole year. Not just being at church, but leading the service. That takes a lot out of you. But he's faithful to serve. Savannah Miller, who should be in here, but she's out there making sure you're going to get served. There's Kenny Lang. He's out with his family doing things, but he does so much behind the scenes. I know you see him on stage being silly sometimes. He does so much behind the scenes. But the one person that I want to thank above all, the greatest servant that I know is Pastor Sam Fisher. Because of his heart and his willingness to serve, that's the reason that's part of the DNA of this house. So if, if you serve in any capacity, thank you. Thank you. I mean it. Thank you. You guys do an awesome job, but I love and appreciate you guys so much. I want you to know that you mean so much to your church family. You do so much in this house. We love and appreciate you so much. Do you know that even even in a service where I'm just talking about people serving, the presence of God is here to save, to heal, to set free, to do whatever. If you came in this morning and there's something going on in your life that you need to connect with God on, guess what? He's here. He's here. He wants you to be free. He wants you to live a life that just explodes for him. And that type of life comes more and more as we serve. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you so much. Jesus, thank you for being the ultimate servant. Thank you for being the ultimate model of who we are to be. Help us remember, Lord, that it's not just about us. Oh, I love my time with you. I love the mornings when you and I are just in fellowship together. But those mornings are meant to prepare me for the day. As we spend the day ministering and serving and loving this church and our community. Lord, let that be all of our hearts. All of our hearts. In Jesus' name.